Welcome to the Meant for Good podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Holbrook, and I believe that each of us have been given gifts, dreams, skills, and ideas that we're meant to share with each other. My goal is to share stories that challenge and inspire you and I to connect with people around us because we are meant for good. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Holbrook, and I am so excited to have just one of my beautiful, super creative, super talented friends, Amara Hall, on the podcast today. I got to know Amara through a poetry class that she was teaching at a prison. Um, of all places, a prison. Amara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so I'm honored to be here, first of all. But also, this is so cool. I want to tell you that I'm proud of you. This is something that I've heard in its idea stage. And to see you doing it is uh, it's just awesome. Thank it's you. It's amazing. Thank you so much. I would love to hear how you got involved with the prison here and yeah. teaching your poetry class and you came up with your own curriculum and you yeah. just loved those women so well. I was just like, it touched my heart so much. Mm-hmm. Every time I got to see you at work there, I'd love to hear all, how all that started. Totally. I would love to tell that story. This is one of my favorite stories to tell because... I feel like you never really know how your gifts are going to be used sometimes. You just really hope that they will be. And I think that poetry is, like, so intimate. And so, you know, something I say all the time is that artists are crazy because we take, like, our inner thoughts and put them on paper and then put them in three minutes and 30 seconds and then say here look at my heart and I hope you love it as much as I loved making it you know um and so it was very scary for me to first of all perform my poetry at the women's prison so I'll tell you how that all came about um very good friend of mine Jordan Lawhead He is a brilliant singer-songwriter, but he's also an activist, founder of youinspire.org. And um, they do programming for schools, prisons, um, pretty much just underserved communities. And he comes in and brings a, a program of hope. So he'll put songwriters together or motivational speakers, and he'll bring them into these places. And we just do what we do, which is love on people. And he invited me to come in with two other songwriters to a Christmas concert at the uh, women's prison here. And I was, I was honored, but I also felt like, you know, I was like, well, I don't know that I want to come in here and like play R&B. I kind of want to be a little bit more intentional and like really speak to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, can I read my poetry? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. And then I got really freaked out because I was like, oh, I kind of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to read? I don't know. What what poetry do I want to do? You know, and I, anyway. 
So uh, the moment comes to uh, to go perform, and I just honestly, it's like I just get into this zone where it's just heart to heart. You know what I mean? You just want to feel all the energy in the room. There's about 300 women. And I'm just thinking about where they're at. So there's 300 women sitting in this gymnasium to hear these messages of hope from people they don't know. And a lot of them are mothers and daughters and sisters. Mm -hmm. And... A lot of them have fallen short of their own goals for themselves, and they're about to celebrate Christmas in in jail, in a cell. And I'm just thinking about what that must feel like, you know? And so I was like, man, oh, I just, I, I, want, to, I want to encourage them in any way I can. So I... Uh, I did a couple spoken words and I really can't even describe like the the energy in that room was just like there was nowhere else I would have rather been and I feel like I've grown up in Nashville watching a lot of unreceptive audiences to people who are pouring their hearts out And this was one of the most receptive and beautiful and giving and caring and just attentive audiences I'd ever performed in front of. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't care if I ever do anything out in Nashville again, Mm -hmm. at a coffee house, at a crowded room where no one's really listening to what you have to say. I, I don't care if I never perform for the public. This was absolutely incredible for me. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, we're, um, we had these little Christmas cards, and so we're giving cards out to everyone, and um, I'm shaking hands and, you know, saying Merry Christmas and, you know, thanks for coming and all that stuff. And... Just about every other woman told me, they go, you know, you really have a gift. You know, I really, really enjoyed you. Hmm. You know, I'd really love to have a copy of your poetry. You know, that was so cool. Like, I write too. Or it was just like, it was very... um, I'm weird at taking compliments. I think maybe some of us all are in a way. But I remember it being overwhelming to receive that amount of love from people who didn't know me from Adam and really had no reason to sit there and listen to anything I had to say, but they really connected with the words. And when someone connects with words that are from your heart, it's like your heart is connecting with their heart. And so... I was just blown away. I was like, man. And I remember this one girl, Brittany, she came up to me and she was like, yo, you know you should you should teach a class here, right? <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, I'm not a teacher. She was like, well, you know, if you, if you taught a class, people would come. And I was like, okay, all right. And I, you know, kind of brushed it off. And 
I remember going home and like thinking about that and being like, huh. First of all, sidebar, okay, God, you know, just, just, just put the little drop into my mind where I, you know, because God knows if it's not my idea, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to do it. So anyway, <laughs> just drop the little thought, like, what if, what would it look like? And so I started writing, um, if I was going to teach a class, what would I talk about? What would I teach about? What would the structure of the class be like? And I just started dreaming about it. And, um, and then I started writing it down. And then my buddy Jordan, um, I told him, I was like, um, so what do you think about this? Like, you know, me starting a class. And he was like, oh yeah, definitely. You definitely should. <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll set up the meeting and we'll, uh, you know, we'll go from there. And I'm like, whoa, 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 okay, okay, okay. And so he sets up a meeting with the uh, coordinator of uh, activities at the women's prison, Shreedy. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I guess I should, like, actually write a curriculum. And I just sat down and wrote one. I mean, there's there really was no, you know, magical, like, moment of of receiving you know, a message. I just thought about it and I piece by piece just kind of wrote an overview of what I wanted the class to be like, um, how I wanted it to feel, the kinds of books we would read, um, the kind of poetry we would cover, um, looked up a whole bunch of just like writing prompts to get people in a headspace um, to write poetry, was thinking of you know, everything from someone who has never written poetry before to someone who maybe already writes poetry and then to the ones that are, you know, there's some brilliant artists in this women's prison yeah. and they're writing music and they're writing, you know, you want to talk about raw, they will give you raw emotion. Mm -hmm. And so I just started thinking about it, like how, how would I want to learn poetry from someone. So I wrote a curriculum and I remember we went to uh, went to meet with Shreedy, Jordan and I, and I bring her this curriculum and she goes, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, is that a good oh my gosh or a bad oh my gosh? <laughs> she goes, no one has ever come like this prepared and I was like, what do you mean? Like, with a curriculum? Like, I don't, I don't understand. She was like, no, Amara, like, really, no one has ever, like, come this prepared. And she, like, immediately forwarded it to the, to her boss, who's the sheriff. So, yeah, like, a week later, it was approved. And I get this phone call, and it's like, hey, yeah, your, your class has been approved. Just let me know when you want to come in and recruit. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa <laughs> so like it's one thing to like write a curriculum and be like what if it's another thing to be like oh this is happening wow. so here we are um so yeah then I just I went out and got my favorite notebooks I love moleskins I was like I want them to have what I use so I got a whole bunch of moleskins from staples I went and got folders I made photocopies of all the material, um, 
put it in folders for people. Um, and then I created a, I guess like a little questionnaire so I could go in and recruit because I knew there would be a lot of interest, but I also knew that I wanted a particular kind of student who was going to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So I went in, recruited, and we had, I think in the first round, we had like 75 girls sign up, um, which is amazing. And I knew that I wanted the class to be small so that we could actually kind of get into some things and they could feel comfortable with one another. So it's only six weeks and I only get them for two hours once a week. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to um, create something that they could graduate from. I knew I wanted to have something that if they had a court date, they could show a judge that, hey, I'm taking this class and hey, here are some of the things we're learning and I'm like working on myself. And so it was May 17th. Uh, 2019, is that right? Yeah, May 17th, because it was my 32nd birthday. And we did another show with You Inspire, and I announced that I was starting the class, and that next week we started. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's easily... Easily the coolest thing I've ever done in my life, period. Like, end of conversation. It's, like, I work in the music business, and I love music. And it's a very um, interesting place to be in when you are an artist and you're someone who's very sensitive, but you're also very business savvy and, like, interested in, like, the intricacies of how someone gets on the radio. And I needed something to do that had nothing to do with me, like had nothing to do with promoting anyone for monetary gain or like I just I needed something that was like just about being together, sharing stories with one another, um, being able to be broken, being able to be accepted, being able to feel not enough, being able to, um, basically it's called Safe Place Poetry Circle because I wanted to create a safe place for women to be and to not feel like they had to be anything. Hmm. That they could, just a place, we just hold this space for you to be. And if you want to be upset and pissed off, that's fine. If you want to be, you know, sentimental, that's fine. If you want to um, be encouraging, that's great. Um, But yeah, I just, I really, I think it's interesting talking about it now because I realize that it's what I needed selfishly but we all got to like do this thing together. So now we graduated six classes and 
Um, we haven't been able to go in, obviously, because of COVID and everything's on lockdown. But um, last time I saw, saw the girls, it was February. And um, I haven't been in since, but it, it like created this drive in me to always be aware of, I guess, what Jesus would call the least of these. You know, it just made me very aware of um, society as a whole. We decide who is worthy and who is unworthy and who gets thrown away and who gets worked on. And um, I just really have a heart for for women who had their backs against the wall and they messed up and they got put in this place, but it is not at all who they are mm -hmm. or, you know, it, it, it is not anything to identify with. And so just creating a space where they could feel like, I see you, I hear you, I'm here with you. And whatever the baggage is that you brought in here, you don't have to take it out with you when you leave. So let's work through it together. And it was really cool because I just got to read like all my favorite books and like, you know, we stuff that I would learn, they'd learn at the same time. So like we read a lot of Eckhart Tolle, um, Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. um, I transcribed a lot of uh, super soul conversations. So we just explored thoughts from a lot of authors and thinkers and feelers of our time and because um, that's another thing it's like when you're um, when you're behind bars you don't have access to anything you know so it was kind of my way I guess of bringing them pieces of knowledge and just saying here chew on this here think about this and we just talked about it together it was, it was awesome I can't I can't wait to get back <laughs> Where uh, I, I will tell you, okay, exclusively on the Met for Good podcast. Yes. No one else knows this information. Okay. But Jordan and I may or may not be, I cannot confirm or deny the allegations, we are creating a Safe Place Poetry Circle radio show that we can get on tablets so that the women can follow along with the class without us physically being there. Come on, yeah. that's amazing. So like that, that is like the next level, like oh let's gosh. go. Yes. Um, Cause people need people, you know? That's the thing that's like so weird about right now. It's like, mm -hmm. we need each other. You need to see other people, especially, especially in that place. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we're, I'm excited about it. Um, just any way to connect, really. That's so good. I had goosebumps like the whole time you were talking. <laughs> just everything there. It's so beautiful. I just love your heart. And it's like the empathy that you have, the empathy that you feel. It's inspiring to me. It's, I don't even know how, like, but the way that you went in there, you, like, you loved them as you would love yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the gospel. 
what you what you did while you were there and what you're working on here. Even the curriculum you put together, how would I want to learn this? And that's how I'm going to teach them. What book would I want to be writing in? That's this, you know, moleskins are, they are quality and they are pricey. pricey, You're like, I would want to, I want this book. I'm going to make sure they have it too. And that's love. Mm. You know, that's, you really went in there with love. And I think that just blows my mind. Um, As I'm listening to you share this, I'm like, where does that kind of empathy come from? Like, have you felt that all your life or? That's grandma right there. Okay, tell me about it. That's grandma. (laughs) That's that. Oh, man. I mean, you guys know. It's like, that's that going home to grandma's house. You get that big hug when you first come in. She's got something cooking on the stove, and it's probably your favorite meal because you've missed it. And she's just like, come on in, babe. Would you, you want something to drink? You want something to eat? And, you know, and you just, like, it's... That is what um, I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up uh, surrounded by family always. Um, like, my my grandmother would pick us up from school and I'd have like after school care with my brother, sister and my cousins. And so uh, hearing you say like, where does that empathy come from? I feel like from a young age, I've always felt, I don't want to say responsible, but I've always felt like aware that it's not about me. Like I've, I've always had other people to like take care of too, or like watch or like, you know, Mara, watch your sister, you know? But like, when I think about it now, I'm like, it totally prepared me for right now, you know, because I am, I love when people feel protected. I love when they feel loved. I love, you know, saving the last Tootsie Roll because I know you like it. You know, I I just, I love stuff like that. Um, So it's, yeah, it it definitely started in Baltimore with my family. Um, But I've also been shown that love from from friends growing up. I can remember... um, I can remember a particular friend in high school. I was blown away by this moment because it has impacted, it's impacted me so much, but she was wearing these jeans and I loved these jeans and I commented on these jeans. I was like, oh my gosh, I love those jeans. They're so nice. And I, and I think it was a, it was like a pair of sevens or something. So like, I think that was like an expensive pair of jeans. And she goes, you like them? I was like, yeah. She goes, try them on. And she took off her jeans. <laughs> I put on her jeans. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Amara, like, they look great on you. I was like, I know. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like, I have to get a pair of these. I love these jeans. And she was like, keep them. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, keep them. And, like, that to me is what it's all about. Like, you learn something, you give it away to someone. Mm -hmm. You know, you get something, you give it away to someone. 
that's that's the whole point you know and so I, I feel like my empathy comes from so many so many people who've had it for me mm. you know and now I just get to give it away so it's like it's a no-brainer oh my gosh <laughs> I love that right yeah I mean that's that's you know that's what you're doing you know you're you're talking to people gathering those nuggets because we are all meant for good I mean we absolutely 100% positively are all meant for good and I think it's a lot of like little things that add up to those big things right and Mm -hmm. it's not always someone giving you their favorite pair of jeans but it's you walking down the street and having a horrible day and a stranger smiling at you and they don't know you and you don't know them and you don't need to (laughs) but it's like a little like (sighs) okay all right it's just a little you know a little nugget of of compassion and empathy and feeling seen Mm -hmm. right yes that's so good I was thinking about, um, you know, when God created man and he said, he looked at him and said, this is good, you know, he's good. And that's the original design, Mm. you know. And I think um, when we're operating in that, that generosity and that willingness to think of another person and put them first or think of what you would want if you were in their shoes, I think that has to be one of the most powerful places to be and one of the most fulfilling places to be mm-hmm. and it's a powerful thing to watch too <laughs> like I remember, <laughs> I remember I went to your poetry class several times and you know played some songs and mm-hmm. I just loved being in the room watching you work with these women and um you just you love them so well and it's so clear you're speaking truth over them too you're you're depositing identity it's like there are reminders in like all throughout the curriculum that you yeah. wrote. There are reminders of like God has plans for your life. Yeah. And like you were you were sowing goodness, like you were sowing hope mm. for the future and you're sowing identity. And it was really it was just such a beautiful thing to witness. And the way that you did it was so much grace and just acceptance mm-hmm. for where they were at and, and being like, hey, there's another story unfolding. And I loved some of the poems that they were writing. And you're right, there were some brilliant women. Oh, it's like you hear their poems and you're like, what are you doing in here? Exactly. You're like, what did you do? Put the Twix back. Don't steal it. I've got a dollar. What happened? You know, it's just like, I know. I know. I was blown away. I mean, every, like, every single week, blown away. And it wasn't always, like, it was so interesting because it wasn't always something they were writing. It was, like, something we were, like, each class was this growing, living organism that like by the end we all have this shared experience and we could go okay you know what when I get mad um 
I'm, I know where to put that anger. Hmm. You know, I actually don't have to hurt someone else for hurting me. Hmm. I can actually just write it down, get it down, get it out, and, and move on with my life. And, like, those moments to me were, like, I mean, I'll, I'll never, ever forget them. And I'll never, and it was also really cool. No phones, no cameras, no, you know, no outside nothing. Mm-hmm. So when you're there, and, I mean, you saw it, you, know, <laughs> you, you go in with your, your ID and that's it, yes. you know. But when you're there, that's where you are. And that was so powerful to me, to be present in that moment. There was nothing I could do about whoever might be calling me in the next two hours or whatever it is. My only concern was being in that room with those women. And some days I didn't feel like it. And I could always be honest with them. You know, just like, guys, I gotta be honest, I'm a little upset about X, Y, and Z, and like, this is where I'm at, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bring that into the room, but like, this is where I am, and like, they would pick me up, you know, Mm -hmm. and so, um, yeah, you're just, you're, you're reminding me. I didn't even know there was a train around here. Right? I mean, where are we right now? Like, where is there a train? I don't know. Well, it, it just reminded me the importance of being where you are. That's what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Just being exactly where you are. With whomever you are. In whatever state you are in. You know, I... I think there are like four major things you can feel and it's like mad, sad, glad, and afraid. Mm-hmm. And like being current with where you are is one of the most powerful things I've, I've ever experienced. Because so much of our life we stuff things and we compartmentalize things and we like, okay, I'll deal with that later. I'm just gonna put this shame over here. You know what? That really wasn't a big deal. Um, Okay. And we keep moving and we keep moving and we keep moving. And um, I think it was also really powerful to see a lot of these women rise to the moment of, you know what? This is not where I want to be. But my only job right now is to work on myself. I can't. I can't do anything for my kids right now. I can't do anything for my job right now. I can't do anything for my mother or my father right now. But what I can do is to focus on myself and to look at the things that are no longer serving me and I can deal with those things and make sure they don't leave with me, Hmm. you know? 
Man, yeah, we surely did not do anything surface level in that class. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, put on your scuba suit, we're diving in, okay? Yes, <laughs> which, is, which is a lot. I yeah. remember there were times we talked and it was just right. like compassion overload. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Did you find a good way to cope with that? Did you feel like you mm. found a way to mm. kind of keep yourself separate? Yeah. Um, I'd say some weeks were better than others. I definitely had my weeks of just feeling completely emotionally drained. Mm-hmm. And um, as I think I do pick up things from other people, like I'm someone who holds space. So like I, I could see myself picking up something that a student had said and like just letting it stick to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's where your community and your friends come in. You know, like we had those conversations. So I feel like I always had a place I could decompress those issues and like a safe group of people I could talk about those things with. Um, so important. But it, you know, I mean, I, I, I'd say week to week, I definitely am not a pro at it by any any length but um you know you you find you find different things to do that that help you release that steam um right now for me it's rollerblading like every day after work I have to put on my rollerblades and and rollerblade for like at least 30 minutes that's amazing yeah I didn't know that Uh Uh (laughs) uh-huh I'm having so much fun I would love to know if people want to support Safe mm-hmm. Place Poetry Circle and You Inspire, mm-hmm. where can they go if they want to help you with yeah. what you're doing? So youinspire.org um, would be a great place to help. Um, as I said, Jordan Lawhead is one of the co-founders of that, and he is he's really out here in the community <laughs> getting his hands dirty. Um, he's kneeling in the dirt with the people and finding out the needs and serving those needs. Um, I'm pretty sure there's there's a way to, it's a 5013C, so I'm pretty sure there's a way to send money through that website. And then um, my website is just safeplacepoetrycircle.com. Um, and I do have the ability to donate via PayPal. Um, and what I'm doing right now is just making the curriculum digital um, because I'd really like to be able to give this to anyone that wants it. So um, I know that they give some inmates tablets and so we're trying to get this programming on those tablets. So this could be, I mean, women in Michigan or Maryland or Tennessee or California, wherever you are, um, you could have access to this so um that's fabulous yeah. <laughs> yeah it's 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 in the works and then you know it's like as soon as we're able to actually be face to face that's kind of when more of the financial I won't say stress but the financial um obligation per class just for books for folders for um I always love getting books too. Like if people want to donate books, um, 
honestly, just DM me on Amara Give Love at Amara Give Love on Instagram. Um, and I'm I'm always wanting to just send things to them. Cool. So that's an option too. I love that. So I'll have all these links in the show notes. And um, before we go, I do want everyone to know um, a little bit more about all the things Amara's doing. Like, oh obviously, gosh. we could have just focused on the prison ministry this whole Dude. time. Amara's also a model. Oh. <laughs> yeah, definitely check out her Instagram, Total Babe. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, okay, so you've worked in you've been working in the music industry for a while Mm -hmm. but you've done like radio tours where you've helped country artists get on different radio stations and then more recently you're working with apple music do you want to tell us a little about that i mean sure would love to i uh so yeah i moved here in 2012 about eight years ago which is crazy. I feel like it just, where does the time go when we get older? (laughs) Like our parents tell us this and then it happens and you're like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I always, so when I moved here, I was like, I want to know why I hear who and what I'm hearing on the radio. I want to know who are the people behind the scenes, who are the wizards that are pulling the strings and making all these things happen. I was always very curious about record labels and who works there and what do these people actually do and so um i've been working for indie labels i would say off and on since 2013 and most recently um have been hired to do record promotion so that is you know going uh to 30 to 50 stations depending on how big your region is and asking people to play your artist's music. And so I traveled around doing that for quite some time and have most recently accepted the job of my life, um, working on site with Apple Music and creating radio shows. So I'm working on the Tierra show, which is daily on Apple Music Country at 11 a.m. Central. I'm working on Land of the Bree, which is a weekly show every Thursday night. Um, I'm working on Color Me Country with Reese Palmer, which is bi-weekly. Comes on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then working with Kelly McCartney on her show Southern Craft, which is also bi-weekly on Sundays. Um, And yeah, I'm just... I'm having a ball. It's like I get to make stuff up and uh, I get to help talent put their vision out on the show. And so it's a very collaborative, very creative process um, that I'm absolutely loving. Um, Definitely the most rewarding job I've had in the music industry thus far. And... um, yeah, so now it's just like, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. You know what else, you guys? Amara is also a musician and an artist, and she has music out. And a magician. And a magician. 
magician. <laughs> I, I would I would believe I, that. Dude, if I could what do just you? do some close up magic to you right now, that would make yes. everything. You're so magical. There, I mean, I'm like, what do you not do? <laughs> I would believe it. But if you want to check out her music, it's Fab F period A period B. Is there another period after period? Yeah. Period. Okay, cool. Got All it. the periods. Just yes. keep, keep. <laughs> punctuation. <laughs> punctuation is important, people. <laughs> so check her out. iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. Spotify. Spotify. Do people use iTunes anymore? Is it just Apple Music? Apple I don't music. know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a really great question. No, I think Apple Music is kind of the new term for all things encompassing Spotify. I mean, iTunes and streaming. I think you're right. But who knows? Apple Music. tomorrow it'll be something different. So <laughs> it's, it's fine. Apple Music. Spotify. What else is there? All the things. Title. <laughs> YouTube. Amazon Music. Google Play. Yes. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Check her out, y'all. And Amara, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're so welcome. This was this is so deep, so beautiful. I'm so excited to share. You know just even a little bit of your story with my listeners. And um, this is just such a gift. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. And please feel free to share this podcast. You can look us up at Meant for Good and Meant for Good Podcast on social media to keep in touch and continue the conversation. This episode is brought to you by Byron Saul. He provided financial support and overall encouragement for the engineering and production of today's interview. If you would like to contribute toward future episodes, please reach out on social media or email meantforgoodpodcast at gmail.com for more information.